Hey everybody, it's Chris Campbell with the Food Institute and welcome back to the Food Institute podcast. This week we'll be talking about the importance of manager training for the food industry and how it can impact labor. We've got Pro Action International CEO Phil Gotrin with us to help break it all down. Before we get started, however, I would like to take a moment to thank the sponsor for this episode, and that's ProAction International. ProAction International builds on the human element, equipped with the right technology as the driving force behind the performance and competitiveness of organizations. Deployed on three continents, the approach focuses on developing management maturity across organizations and achieving gains at human, operational, and financial levels. ProAction International's experts provide support based on coaching and training of teams, optimization of tools and processes, and digitalization of management via the Utrecht DMES application, which fosters good management behavior. And of course, you can find a link directly to the website in the description of this episode. So with that all said, we welcome Phil to the show. And Phil, could you give us a little bit of background about yourself so their audience can get a little bit more familiar with you? For sure, for sure, good. Um, well, so I'm Phil Gotrin. I'm the general manager of ProAction uh, in the USA, and I, I look over sales and operations in uh, in this uh, up and coming market for us. I'm also uh, involved in our Mexican projects uh, because our, our team speaks Spanish, and we we therefore often end up uh, being in the, in Mexico. Um, as far as myself, I've worked uh, over 20 years in consulting and supply chain consulting was able to work in, in Europe, uh, North America as well, uh, leading that company and um, implementing changes, working on network optimization, working on uh, distribution center design and so on. And, um, and I also had a uh, quick three year into the software industry and supply chain again, but uh, developing tools to enable efficiency and everything. and. One thing that, that stuck to, to me after a while was that, uh, well, surely we were implementing the best of processes. We were implementing, uh, you know, recommendations as far as uh, technology was concerned, but uh, they were not always sticking to our clients, uh, whereas we could demonstrate the value. But a uh, few months, few years after, we, uh, we would come back and they would not be uh, fully let's say managing or optimizing what we had done and it was it was because we had not addressed the people side of things and that's that's how i decided to join proaction which is uh, i'll tell you more about proaction afterwards but was able to uh, to go on that people side of things of performance yeah and i think that's one of the things that people are kind of forgetting in the current business climate you see a lot about the supply chain snarls you see a lot about rising automation but people are still the foundational building blocks of most companies at this point so Indeed. i think that yeah. yeah it's a very interesting kind of dynamic and i know that proaction you know really kind of takes that idea and brings it to the next level with some of its management training so can you tell us a little bit more about proaction now yeah sure so while the company was founded uh, 18 years ago so at that time uh, we could say that we were, uh, you know, uh, ahead of the curve as far as people was concerned. Uh, and, and the founders, they had worked in a management consulting firm. They had worked on uh, on cost-cutting approaches. And they found that, uh, yes, they were, again, getting these results. But uh, it was a pretty painful exercise for the uh, for the managers and for the entire organization. So they, they decided to... Uh, to still have a, uh, a spin towards uh, improving performance, but have a much more people-oriented approach, and therefore uh, ensure that we would develop the uh, the skill set of the uh, the managers, and, and even more importantly, we focus on frontline managers, which would be supervisors, team leads, and and managers, 
and uh, and over the course of the years we've we've coached over 12,000 of these managers and we've um, we've made sure that we we develop sustainable uh, impact uh, with them uh, so our approach leverages the lean concepts and then we see that more and more you know whereas 5 years ago it was uh, surely implemented by automotive industries, by large corporations, but not by mid-sized companies. Today, we see that lean is deployed everywhere and uh, we leverage these concepts to uh, to make sure we, we, we develop uh, sound concepts. We Today, we've got over 120 coaches uh, and we split our business roughly 50-50 between North America and Europe and uh, very strong in the food and bev industry the aerospace, uh, the building products, as well as supply chain. And one of the things that was really interesting to me when I was on your website and talking to your team ahead of this call was the U-Track system. And I was wondering if you could explain a little bit and how it could help food industry leaders and kind of show, you know, ProAction's leadership on, you know, the food management training space. Yeah, interesting indeed. Uh, and, you know, consulting firms, uh, they, they want to move into products and and, and software companies want to move into services. Uh, well, we, we found after a few years that, uh, you know, we had significant knowledge and methodology uh, built into our approach and and we were indeed leaving something behind at the client, but it was it was not really, uh, you know, easily uh, manageable nor uh, um easy to really uh, transfer from one to the other. So we decided to uh, to build this this app, U-Track, uh, which is pretty much a, a digitized uh, manager uh, helping you uh, make sure that you cover everything that you should be doing during your day. So you've got your, your ideal agenda, you've got your follow-ups, you've got your escalation process in there. Uh, whenever you see inefficiencies, you can take pictures, you can assign it to uh, to the maintenance team, to the CI team, for example. And it makes it it's it's a good tool that enables you to, uh, well, first of all, not forget anything. And secondly, also for the uh, well, the executives to see how their operation is behaving. So because it's good to have KPIs, but there's more to that than just KPIs and uh and the pulse coming from that tool is pretty interesting. It, it gives you a good feeling of the, the behavior of your operation. And and let's face it, post-its and then clipboards are uh, are things of the past. Uh, but but yet still in in manufacturing sites you see quite a bit of these. And you know with uh, the industry 4.0 and everything, I, I think it's the time to move on to uh, tablets and iPads and iPhones uh, to uh, digitize your operations. And especially with so many companies adopting either a work from home or hybrid environment, you know, those post-it notes really become less and less useful when you have, you know, 500 miles in between you, right? So definitely an interesting thing. And one last thing I want to ask, you know, at the opening of this this conversation is just how does ProAction differentiate itself from other uh, manager training, you know, companies, other strategic consulting firms? What's unique about the ProAction approach that really sets you guys apart? So we're different in many ways, obviously, and we, we all want to say that, but uh, I think I'll try to demonstrate that to you. We, uh, well, first of all, we don't position ourselves as consultants. We, we would like to be perceived more as coaches or partners with companies uh, because we're, we're there for the long run. And, and our intent is truly not to bring forward solutions or bring forward some, some of the necessarily the, the best practices. What we really want to do is to coach our clients uh, and again, coach the managers to become better leaders. And as they do that, we help them 
identify inefficiencies, identify problems in their operations, uh, see gaps between uh, the ideal performance and where they stand today. And, and we, we teach them on, on how to fix these issues so that once we're gone, well, they're able to, to sustain these, uh, these good behaviors. Uh, so that's, that. I would say that's one of the first uh, reason why we're different. Secondly, our projects, they, they'll typically last five to six months. So it's a, let's say a mid-sized project. And it's one of the reason is that uh, it takes time to change behavior. So we work on, again, behaviors of managers, and it's just not about teaching them something uh, to make it become a reflex. You need to train and you need to be coached and you need to repeat and then improve. And then after a while, it becomes a reflex. So that's, that's a very uh, distinctive approach of ours. And third, but not least, is the financial impact of what we do. So we, uh, so coaching is great, uh, but uh, our projects, well, they tend to be pretty uh, intense due to the duration and the, and the extent of the work that we put it in. We want to be able to demonstrate to our clients that there is a payback, there is a value, a financial value over and above the, uh, well, the behavioral changes. So we, what we'll do in a project is we'll, uh, we'll define a baseline, we'll, We'll agree on the expected savings, and during the course of the project, we'll measure these savings, and we'll go as far as guaranteeing these results uh, to uh, well, to demonstrate our intent to uh, to come up to solutions. So it's 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 not a gain sharing approach, but it's a risk sharing approach, which our clients really uh, truly appreciate our you know our involvement and engagement into the project. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about how those projects can help a company. And one of the things I wanted to start off with here with, you know, the overall coaching that ProAction offers is I think employee morale has been in question amid what a lot of people are calling the great resignation, right? Uh, we're seeing a lot of labor, um, you know, really across the board, even up into offices, people are finding new jobs. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit how a properly trained manager can help stem employees from leaving a food industry company. Is this something you can provide some insight on? Yeah, yeah, and the food industry is well. It's it's not an easy industry to work into. Let's face it. It's uh, it's often a uh, especially in manufacturing and distribution site. It's you know refrigerated environment. Uh, uh, it's uh, long hours, twenty four seven operations, manual uh, tasks for many. Uh, so we see that. Uh, the morale of the employees in these facilities is often lower than we can see it elsewhere. One of the, um, the, we have what we call KBI, so key behavioral indicators. And one of these indicator is the, uh, the OMI, which is the mobilization index. So how much is the organization engaged, the employee engaged into what they do? And, and we find that in the food and bev industry, it tends to be lower than in, in the average industries. And again, that's because of that harsh environment that, uh, that 24/7 operation and everything. So we we need to be even more careful about these employees to make sure that they stay within these uh, these organization. And surely salary can have an impact, but uh, but good leaders have a greater impact on the long run. So we yes, your salaries need to be competitive, but uh, in today's world where there's such a high uh, demand for labor, people uh, will you know, will leave their companies sometimes for other reasons. And, and typically your manager can be the biggest, one of the biggest reasons why you would quit your job. Um, so, so the leaders, they, they, well, we need to ensure that uh, we teach them to, to care, to communicate, 
to to listen to provide feedback and um, and to implement solutions and they you know they need to be servant leaders which is a pretty different approach from what we used to be uh, back in the days when it was more of a top-down approach to to management so as you care as you demonstrate uh, that you're listening uh, your people feel engaged and uh, and that is a way to retain your labor for sure yeah, and the other side of that coin is that management is not immune from this, you know, great exodus from different companies, right? You're seeing managers that have skill sets also going to the labor force. So do you find that managers that have the investment of some kind of management training program, you know, if their company comes to them and offers them this kind of training program, or even they go out on their own, do you find that these guys have more longevity in their careers, uh, or even in their current locations? Or is this something that you're seeing the opposite of? What, what kind of dynamic are you seeing there? Um, great question. Uh, and you need to think about this one, but, um, the, um, what, you know, the, the, in, in your career moving from doing something, so being an operator to, to managing people that do something is, is the biggest, uh, change in your, your career or your, in your leadership process. Once you go up afterwards to becoming a, a director or a VP, not to undermine what, what, but they do, they, they do strategic things, but they, they manage more people or they manage sometimes less people because the, the span of control of a supervisor is typically 1 to 20, 1 to 30, whereas a director and a VP would never have 30 direct reports uh, under him. So the, indeed, it's, you know, it's very difficult to have that transition. And um, what we find is that when we, uh, when we coach these leaders, they have a much better understanding of uh, what your expectation as a company is towards them and they they're able to uh to be better leaders uh stronger at uh you know uh taking a stance uh to uh, to take decisions uh they they understand uh, what should be communicated at what frequency and everything and um we also find that so so they will therefore be stronger leaders within the organizations but it's also uh, a personal, let's say, uh, investment or a personal uh, um, improvement that they have. So at first, well, in these projects, we deal with the emotional change, you know, emotional curve. So you'll uh, you'll be all excited about these projects as a manager because everything around you is going to change. But then you realize that, uh, okay, I need to change too. And then that's where you have a dip in the emotional curve and you, you try to negotiate or deny the fact that you need to change. But once you've changed and appreciate, uh, you know, what has happened to you, you're able to not only well, do it within your company, but also take it elsewhere if, if ever you were to change company. Um, these surely are uh, a tool, the tools or a, a toolkit even that you've built and that you, you have, which is yours, that you can leverage on and, and be a stronger leader going forward. And one of the things that strikes me about leaders in the current day is that they are starting to work with different generations. We have, you know, Gen Z is starting to enter the workforce and you even have some of the younger millennials who are still relatively fresh in the job market. So I'm wondering with these training programs, do you find that that kind of helps these managers connect with these younger demographics? How does that dynamic work? Interesting topic and surely uh, a topic that people keep uh, bringing over was uh, at a conference uh, at the beginning of May uh, in uh, in Louisville, and that was indeed one of the biggest topic, even though it was not an HR conference. Uh, uh, but uh, 
one one thing that strikes me is that we the older generations try to understand the younger ones and we we often forget to ask them the questions about you know what what would you like to have what would you like different uh from what from what we're doing so we we kind of find solutions for them but um but for sure what what i think is is not different from what others have found is that uh these newer or younger generations they want uh uh, they want instant gratification and they also are seeking challenges. So how do you do that uh, in a work environment? Uh, first of all, if you if you do short interval in interactions with them, if you talk to them on a regular basis, once, twice, even three to four times in a day, uh, then you can surely give them objectives. You can follow up on these objectives, and you can uh, appreciate and uh, you know and gratify them on on what they've achieved. So that 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 is going to fuel their their desire for that gratification process, and they also like to be in, involved. So they, they some of them would all like would like to be part of your your, your board, uh, but you know, obviously not everybody can be on that board. But uh, the um, so how can you involve them? It's it's true, uh, you know, continuous improvement initiatives. It's true, uh, different in, uh, improvement uh, opportunities. So as you talk to them, they'll tell you about inefficiencies that they've seen, and uh, and challenge them to take on uh, these uh, improvements and to implement them. So that's that's how we we try to involve and and empower these newer generations. Uh, they're also tech savvy. Uh, and therefore, again, moving away from clipboards and post-its uh, and implementing technology on the, on the manufacturing floor is something that it can appeal to them. Uh, so we, we try to do that as quickly as possible, identify these, uh, these, uh, these tech savvies. And, uh, and, and we're also looking in, into gamification. This is a big, you know, uh, big word, obviously big trend. It's tough to really, you know, deploy that in manufacturing environment because you know people need to produce uh, goods but uh but surely you can find ways to to challenge yourself to challenge the teams uh different shifts and um and this is well we're currently uh, doing a lot of thinking on that on how we can bring that forward into into our work yeah, that sounds like a follow-up podcast at some point, Phil, talking about the gamification <laughs> aspects. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about here with keeping employees motivated is just how important it is, I'm finding, even at the Food Institute, you know, organizational expertise and knowledge is incredibly important for any company. But I'm wondering when you go through management coaching, is this a topic you talk about? Is this something you find kind of gets, you know, reinforced when you talk to a manager? Indeed, it's a good way to uh, to improve retention. It's, uh, you know, when you... Uh, when you show that as a company you you care about the individuals, uh, well, they'll most often they'll they'll give it back to you uh, in you know in, in their investment, their daily investment, but also in staying longer. So we uh, what we do is is almost as if um, the the managers would be receiving an executive MBA while working. Uh, the directors, the VPs, they typically self-care for themselves in terms of career development they, you know they'll attend these courses they'll register they'll take the time to go out of the office and, and do these uh, training courses uh, the frontline managers often they cannot leave their uh, their work environment for a uh, for such a period and um, and and they often also are not very comfortable in these uh, in these training courses and they don't retain as much as we would like to so what we uh, the way we approach things is that we coach them 
in the in the action in the operations and as we do that we're able to truly um, make make them understand you know the concepts that we're putting forward and and as they do that they learn much faster and they also will well, retain that information much faster um, to the point of knowledge and, and knowledge retention we um, obviously some some people have been around in companies for years and they have uh, unique knowledge and that needs to be identified and uh, you know and, and transferred over before they they retire uh, so one of the thing we do in our project is to identify uh, to skills matrix and and as we do that we we identify some uh, some weaknesses in the organization where where we could say for example there's only uh, one or there's only a very few that uh, know and understand this process so let's make sure that we we transfer that knowledge pretty quickly and that not only is going to be good for the future as we won't lose that knowledge, but it's also going to be good for flexibility. If uh, if ever the you know volume would 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 go up or down, you can easily um, you know reassign your people to different tasks and different uh, departments if if people have been cross trained. So that that's something that is very uh, critical for us. So I know we've talked a lot about stuff in the abstract, but I'd like to kind of bring these ideas to life. And I know we don't need to name any names, but I was hoping you could share a couple of success stories with some of your past clients that kind of highlight those dynamics we were just speaking about. So do you have anything you could share on that front? Yeah, sure. We have, we have many. We've done uh, we've done hundreds of projects, so we, we could easily find a few. Um, and as I said, we're we're pretty strong in the food and beverage industry. So, you know, naming, well, we can name a few, you know, the companies like Cargill's, uh, Blue Apron, Carry Foods, uh, Nelson also in, in the U.S. Uh, we've, we've worked with them not only on one project, but many projects uh, in many cases. And and typically we'll do uh, one site uh, as a pilot and then we'll define a, uh, you know, a rollover or a deployment strategy to uh, to, to deploy these new concepts into, uh, into many of their sites. Uh, Often when we talk about case studies and when we want to say, well, yes, we've worked with this client, uh, us, but also uh, you and then, you know, potential clients, they're seeking uh, hard facts or, you know, they'd like to know, okay, well, what exactly did you guys do at this client? What did you change? Uh, if you're a traditional consultant, you're going to say, well, we designed this new manufacturing site. We implemented this new machine. We implemented that new system. Um, and you'll also talk about financial returns. Well, we can obviously talk about the financial returns, and in our case, they're they're often pretty impressive. You know, you can talk about a, a two, uh, sometimes up to a six to one type of returns, or a project that will pay for itself in, in three to four months. Uh, but but what you know, again, we're different at ProAction. So what what do we showcase when we talk about a client? So first of all, it's the fact that uh, well, the mindset has changed. That That's hard to, to see when you uh, visit or when you read a case study, uh, that results are being sustained over time. And, um, and, and obviously, when, whenever you are to talk with these people, they'll tell you, you know, it's all about uh, the way now we, we manage things, how we, uh, we're so much engaged into our processes, how much we're proactive and we're able to foresee potential pitfalls and address them before they arrive. So it's, it's really a dynamic of the organization that, that you'd be seeking if you, if you were to read a case study. 
because it's not a chair that you can sit on and try it and uh, and say okay well it's comfortable i like it i'll take t- 10 of these uh, so that's that's really what makes us different again uh, as we focus on the people side of things but but truly when you visit uh, one of our clients you, you can see it you know you see that uh, the operations are running well uh, as you'll talk to the people they'll talk to you about how they communicate more uh, you'll talk to HR they'll tell you how they you know relationship with the employees has improved and everything so this is how we demonstrate the value of what we do yeah, I like that, the power of people, right? And let's kind of flip it to that side. Um, any kind of feedback you get from prior clients that kind of showcase, you know, what that's done for them in their careers? Do you have any success stories that you could share on that front with, you know, people that you've previously coached from ProAction and kind of the steps they were able to take after that coaching took place? Yeah, well, some of them, uh, you know, they've gone up uh, through the management levels uh, in their companies. Uh, we've coached people that used to be supervisors are now uh, directors and VPs. Uh, we also uh, we also like to follow them with they change job because often they're good uh, you know enablers for us to do a project uh, in their new operation. Uh, indeed, there is you know there is a difference. These individuals they these you know they'll tell you you know I was. Uh, transform in that project i now lead my operations in a much different way i am a servant leader i'm someone who cares a lot more who's able to to drive efficiency and uh you know would it be in their current company or in another one they'll they'll still have the ability to have the impact on the people surrounding them to to organize structure to make sure that they are uh, implementing that performance dialogue that is is so important so we we do see these sustained results and that uh, that trend for these leaders to to stand out in the future because uh, again you know i talked about the executive mba that's you know it's it's an mba for the frontline manager that we provide to them and um, even though there's no uh, real certification they well, They've gone through something, and you can really see it when you when you look at a few, few managers. And so that that's for the individuals. Uh, as far as HR in a in a company, HR will often tell us that they are now hiring differently. They seek for different skills in uh, in the managers. Would they uh, go outside of the company or even within the company? They now have a different way of. Uh, Doing interviews of uh, of reading uh, your uh, your resume, uh, and they're seeking for different things. So not not just uh, career path and, and education, but also your behavioral uh, topics and and aspects. That's very cool. And if there's anybody in the audience today that wants to learn a little bit more about ProAction International and their programs, I mean your programs, uh, where should they go? Any website? Any kind of resource? Yeah, that they well, can they, check they out? should. In, yeah, they should indeed go to our website where you can find quite a bit of information. So it's uh, proactioninternational.com, and you'll be able to uh, to find everything. And from there, uh, reach out to us, and we'll be more than happy to. Uh, you know, to to tell you more about what we do and uh, and see if we can do a project together. Awesome. And we'll definitely share a link to that website in the description of this episode for anyone that's looking to click over easily. Uh, that brings us to the end of the time we have for today, Phil, but I do want to thank you. I really learned a lot and, you know, I'm really hopeful that we'll be able to work again in the future. So thanks again today. Thanks. Thank you very much. It was, uh, it was very interesting. 
So that's going to do it for us this week on the Food Institute Podcast. Once again, I'd like to thank the sponsor of today's episode, and that is ProAction International. I'd like to thank Phil for spending some time with us. To learn more about ProAction, take a look at the description of this episode, and you'll find a link directly to their agribusiness section, where you can learn a little bit more about their training programs for the food industry. So with that all said, we'll catch you next time. This is Chris Campbell, signing off. Thank you.